This is the Love Capacity Podcast. Let's go. Hello, welcome to the Love Capacity Podcast. It's your man, Stephen James Dixon. And this is your girl, Tamara Daracell. And first off, as we get started, let's refresh the memories of our listeners with the definition of love capacity. So love capacity is the measure of your ability to receive, provide, and be accountable for an unconditional, forgiving, profoundly tender, passionate affection to another person. Take your love capacity quiz today. The quiz only takes about five minutes. And when you take the quiz, you'll get a score, a title, and a description. Once you receive your score, be sure to call into the Love Capacity Hotline and tell us what you think about your score and tell us a little bit about you as well. The number is 214-744-3685. Um, coronavirus. Uh, wow. What do you what, what You go first. Um, so, um, as, as we've talked about before, I, I'm not a panicker in general. Um, so, and and I'm an introvert, so I think this is probably easier for me than for most people. I know my husband is like going to the store every day just to get out the house (laughs) and this is driving him nuts. Um, but I just, I'm praying that everybody's staying safe out there. No, you know what? I just forgot we could talk about something uh, that's very funny. Think about the single people and what they're doing now. So think about you single dude, 30 years old. You had the crib like, hey, if she ain't got that wrong, she can come through. (laughs) (laughs) I actually was listening. Well, I was actually listening to, because, you know, uh, Slim Thug um, got diagnosed. Yes, Um, I saw that. he was actually on the Breakfast Club talking about it. And he was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm I'm been much more careful about who rolls through here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go watch that thing. Yeah. I was just thinking about, I was just thinking about the lie. Like, as you're a single yep. dude, you don't have no lie you can tell. Because normally, like, yo, I'm going to happy hour. I'm going to hang out with my man, watch the game. There's no games. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. But still, it's <laughs> like, yeah, I I don't know what where you been and what you doing. So. Right, but it's like, but if, but if, but if, if you're a single dude, it's nine o'clock at night on a Friday night. If a girl call you, she can really be like, "Where are you?" You know what I'm saying? Like, cause there's no, there's nowhere to go. Like, expect a married man too, right? There's nowhere for me to be like, "Yeah, I'm going over my man house." What you gonna do over there? Oh, uh, we don't watch, <laughs> we don't watch CNN. That together, ain't social you know? distancing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that too, right? So. All lives are over. And like you said, hey, husbands, I was making jokes the other day about husbands like they're saying, yeah, I'm going to the grocery store. And uh, uh, yeah, they're letting out the truck. So I'm going to wait for the truck to be done. Next thing you know, I'm going out there for two, three hours. You know what I'm saying? And my wife went the last two days, my wife, no, went to, <laughs> my wife went to Kroger and saw one of my homeboys uh, Thursday night. Happened to be there at the same time Thursday night. Friday night, she went to Walmart and saw him at Walmart. If she see him at Target today, I'm going to have a problem. <laughs> you can't just see the same dude three days in three different rows. I'm like, y'all meeting up. <laughs> you got to figure something out. It's some strange times. Yeah, she's not going nowhere today. I don't care what we need. And she ain't going nowhere today. But luckily, uh, we pretty stocked up. She just going to get a couple little things here and there. Um, we're pretty good. I'm, I don't, yeah. I'm not bothered really at, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm a necessarily, necessarily introvert, 
I just feel like, okay, let's let it pass. You know, let's do our, our four to six weeks or whatever at the crib. I'm enjoying spending time with my wife. I'm enjoying taking a break from myself. I'm yeah. enjoying, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying, I've been working out every single day. Every single yeah. day I do some kind of workout. And so uh, I'm enjoying being able to do that. I'm going to drop a couple pounds, you know, getting good quality time in with my son, with my daughter, with my wife. Like, I, I, this is good for me. I'm straight. Yeah, it just really reminds you how blessed you are because, um, you know, I have family members who are not working right now, um, and and this has hit a lot of people pretty hard, even without getting the disease. Um, So I'm just, you know, praying for everybody and hoping that we all come through the stronger in the end. Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's not spend a lot of time because I could really go a bunch of different places, like you're saying just now. Like I'm really concerned about the economic impact. I think people who are uh, contract folks who, you know, get paid by the hour and things like that, like so much of that is shut down. And the government is talking about sending checks to people, you know, three weeks from now. As if like people, as if people had savings, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, rent is is due in three days. You talking about uh, three weeks. Yeah, man. Like we, we are so blessed. And so, so many of us are not as blessed. Well, I guess they can be blessed in different ways, Yeah, but it, it is very, it's, you know, it's a tough yeah. time, but I will say, um, you know, another thing that we, a lot of us are not thinking about is how this time is actually healing earth. Um, like they did a study on, um, the pollution in China for February, 2020 and compared it to February, 2019, the pollution was almost gone. I saw that. That was mind blowing. Yes. Um, and they're, you know, the canals in Italy are now clear. They're usually kind of grayish brown. They had dolphins swimming in there because there are no boats in there going right now. Um, it's just, it's, you know, maybe we just need this time to kind of just sit down and heal. Not matter at all. So today we're talking about love capacity score three, which means confused. Definition of confused. You have been loved, but not the way that you want to be loved. You have loved others, but not the way that they wanted to be loved. Because of your past painful experiences, you hesitate to exhibit love for your partner until they've shown until they've shown you love first. In this game of protecting your heart, no one wins. Once you learn that you may get hurt in the process of loving someone, you will gain the clarity that you need to move past your relationship disappointments. You have to be willing to get hurt to win at love. Okay, so I'm going to reiterate a question that I've I've asked before. Um, like just reading this description, um, you know, the scores like maybe six and below um, sometimes may feel harsh to somebody. So how do you handle mm-hmm. when somebody doesn't like their love capacity score? I don't care, really. <laughs> I mean, like, um, like, I didn't make the quiz for someone to like it. Like, okay. How I built the quiz was just in relationship coaching for couples for like 12 years, just started finding similarities between people who are happily in their relationship and people who are unhappy. And so I just started making note of what unhappy people would say when I'm talking to them about their relationship. I started making notes of what, what people who are happily married, what types of things that they say that were in common. And so I'll just keep refining that. So the quiz was never built to say, hey, how do you feel about yourself or whatever, or like, or I hope someone likes it. Like, like some, how someone feels about the quiz was never into the equation at all, right? What is into the equation is people are failing at love, right? People right. are failing at people are failing at marriage. Over half of marriages end in divorce, right? So right off jump, half 
of everybody is not going to do well on the quiz. Let's just do it like that. Let's just, what do you think of that? Uh, I, I would agree with that, but I'm just saying if we're trying to, you know, if the goal here is to help people and to, um, you know, ensure that divorce is not an option, um, how do we encourage, like, I, I don't know what the right terminology is, but how do we help people who are looking at their scores going, uh, that ain't me, and on to the next thing? Great question. But really, my, my focus is not not initially to help. My focus is initially to educate, right? Like, like learn who you are. Learn how you love. Mm-hmm. Learn how you've mm-hmm. been impacted by love. You know, learn, learn what love means to you. Learn what marriage means to you. Learn, you know, learn how it is to be a husband. Like, I had to learn what it meant to be a husband. Like, that title carries weight, responsibility, expectation. Now, I had to learn how to love my wife better. Like, I had to learn, like, like first, educate. Like, first, what I mean is, okay, I come into a marriage thinking I'm loving her the way she needs to be loved, and she needs to just accept what I'm giving her. And then I later learn, I later learn that I have to expand my capacity to love. Is it because that's what love capacity is, correct? Yeah. So, do you think that you could have expanded your capacity before marriage? Yes, you can always expand, but I think the most expansion you can do is in marriage because of the challenges of marriage. Um, when we're dating, uh, all those relationships are those all those people's faults, right? Like the last five or six people I dated before I got married, all those relationships ended because all five of those women were raggedy, right? right. That's how we think, right? right? Yep. <laughs> yep. Across the board, everybody, they think I was raggedy, right? Like everybody just leaves in those relationships, but then you carry that miseducation of what you think a dating experience should look like into marriage. And then those first couple of years, every time you have a problem, you think your partner's wrong. Yeah. I just wish I could teach the world. I mean, I think one that that's the whole, thing the whole would, world. Yes. The whole world. Because <laughs> I mean, the point that you just made, and, and of course this is not for everybody. There's always exceptions, no. but the first right. couple of years when you're trying to figure each other out is hard. And I think that's probably when a lot of divorce happens. Absolutely. You know what? That'd be a good number to look up is when I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever looked that number up. Because um, we said 50% of divorce ha- happens in marriage, but do they happen in the first two years? Or, you know, yeah. one, one, yeah. piece of data, one piece of data I did get was that I found that majority of problems happen in the first two years. What I mean by that is I would be working with a couple that's been married 20 years. But when I drilled down to where did the problem start, it started in the first two years. I'm working with a couple that's seven years, eight years, 12 years, 13 years. Across the board, the problem happened within that first two years, and the and the marriage never really recovered. They just stayed together, mm-hmm. you know. And so, and so, as we were talking about earlier about how when you get married, you come into marriage thinking that I'm right, they're wrong for those first couple of years. Everyone's thinking that now. What's the difference between marriage and dating is now that you're married legally, it's so much more difficult to see, right? That's the really the only difference. And so for me. It was at first, how do I help? Help to me means, that's like when you say, you teach a man how to fish or you give him fish, right? right like that's, right. that's what help is, right? But I got to I gotta teach you how to fish, right? So that's why for me, it is showing people or challenging husbands how to be better husbands. Like I don't, if you come to me for relationship coaching, it's not marital counseling. I'm not a counselor, I'm a coach. So I'm coaching husbands on how to be better husbands and I'm coaching wives on how to be better wives and then if you're a better husband and you're a better wife, then the marriage is automatically better. Okay. Well, I just looked up the stat. 
Um, so uh, for according to Jackson White Law Firm, um, the most marriages or excuse me, most divorces occur during years one and two and years five and eight. Five and eight would be interesting. But yeah, like we said, one and two. But did they have a breakout like 25% of between one and two? They didn't say. I'm still digging all. on that. I can't. Okay. I can only do so much. <laughs> that was impressive right there. Every year. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I mean, like it's it's a it's a major like jump from dating and relationships to marriage. We're really unprepared. Like marriage is on the job training, like the most in, in its purest form. Because really, before you get married, when do you really negotiate? When do you really compromise? Like I don't even know how we honestly. I don't even know how we even arrive at marriage. Really, like I mean, that playful meaning, like like. We just got lucky in our relationship experience that we never reached a point where we didn't have anything that was a deal breaker. And then once you get married, then all of a sudden you have deal breakers and you don't know what to do with them. Mm, that's true. And a lot of times, I, I yeah, I can attest to that. You didn't realize what your deal breakers were before you experienced them and were like, oh, wait a minute, that ain't going to work. That's not going to work. You know what I mean? And so, and then you don't know, you don't know it, right? You don't, because yeah. yeah. everything is going great. Like, I'm, I'm putting my fake person on there and I don't even know I'm being fake, right? And she's yeah. putting her fake person on there. She don't even know she's being fake. That's really how she thinks she is. Yeah. She really does. She really does think she's going to cook every day. Yep, you know what I'm saying? Me. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. okay. Go ahead, then. No, I'm just saying, I really thought I was going to cook every day. And then when this dude wanted to eat every day, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> what do, I didn't what do, mean what? that. When he, when he would come by and you cooked, it was cool. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And then, but then it was somebody, when y'all living together and married, and he expected to eat, and he coming home from work, and you're like, hey, I've been at work too. Right. And air day is air day. Like, you know, dating is like, you know, he may come over Tuesday, he may come over Thursday, you know, and you cook a couple days or whatever. But yeah. Whenever well, well, not just whenever. that. Not, not just that. You come over Tuesday, he cook. He come over Thursday, you cook. Friday and Saturday, y'all go out. This is true. This is true. And you know, I think honestly, even if it was, I was cooking every day, like when we were dating for you know months or whatever. That's that's one thing. But when it gets to be years, you know, I'm like, I'm not. I'm, I can't. This every day is every day for the rest of my life. No. Yes. <laughs> so, that's yeah. marriage, man. Yeah. So you we are. got a caller. Yes. We got a caller. Yes. Let's listen to the caller real quick. Cool. And I'm willing to share my story. I have recently come out of my celibacy of many years. Um, it's been six, six to seven years, I think, since I separated from my ex-husband. And I've tried dating, uh, short-term relationships um, that led to really nowhere. So recently I reconnected with an old former uh, person I met here in Las Vegas. And we have incredible chemistry. So I have ended my celibacy. We are exploring each other again. And the sex has been incredible. So I find that, you know, while we're building this relationship, I enjoy the incredible sex that, I've had with this man and I feel like I'm still in control because when I don't want to, I don't. And I've explained that to him that, you know, in the meantime, 
um, we're building a relationship or a friendship, I should say, to see where it leads. And when we get together, you should have no expectations of having sex every time he sees me. Then I do control that. And I find that he still wants to see me. We're still exploring each other. We're still good friends. But when it does happen, it's like fireworks on the 4th of July. And I must admit, I love it. I love that I feel like I'm in control in the end. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. So she didn't ask a question, though. What, what do you think about what she said? Um, because she didn't ask a question, I was able to go back and listen to it. And the thing, it's funny that we're, well, not funny, I guess, because she called during this time. We asked for people to call for who scored a three for Confused. And really, it made me think about, like, she laid out her relationship story from being a person that uh, was married, going through a divorce, then years of celibacy, then being non-committal in terms of a relationship, mm-hmm. but but demanding control over the sex. And notice she made the point of saying, I control that. Mm-hmm. And then to the, the control the sex, even though the sex is mind-blowing and she's enjoying it, I would say that is confusion. Uh, it's probably part of why the sex is mind-blowing. He never know when he's going to get it. <laughs> keep, on, keep on the stones. Keep on the stones. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I, I, there is a lot of confusion here. I mean, you're absolutely right about that. And um, the fact that she, yeah, she's so into control and, and, you know, quote unquote, trying to build a relationship. I think that, you know, playing mind games is not a way to build a solid foundation of relationship. I speak, I speak from experience with that. Like I wasn't um, doing what she's doing and trying to be controlling, but um, you know, I was trying to be celibate because of my faith. Um, so I was kind of one of people, I just need some right now. So I'm just going to get a little bit and then we go cut it off until I need it again, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, or until I just can't take it again. That, mm-hmm. that kind of, that's a mind game that you can't play. It's not fair to your partner. Well, also it's not fair to yourself. That was the True. biggest thing I was looking for too, because, um, you, your mind and your soul and your spirit are kind of all three different places. And so Really, while I'm listening to her, what I'm thinking is, is we're going to talk about her, but how many people are just like her when they go through all these stages in life and they've never really arrived at who they are really comfortable with being? I think that's pretty common. I mean, right. yeah, a lot of people are just confused. Well, well one, I mean, I think that th- this quiz points that out in general. Most people will take the quiz and you know, if they make less than a five or six are going to be like, that ain't me because they're not self-aware. Exactly. And that, and that is my point. My point is not help. Help will come later. Once you become self-aware, no one can be helped unless they're self-aware. Right. That just, that's why help is not my main thing. I'm trying to get accomplished. My main thing I'm trying to get accomplished is education. Who are you? What is your capacity to love? And then do you understand your partner's capacity? Yeah, but I think there's also another dimension because there are people who are emotionally self-aware, I guess, in a healthy enough state to be self-aware individually. But when you get in a relationship, your blinders go on. Yeah, like, um, you know what? As a matter of fact, that leads to next week. Next week, when we talk about a low capacity score of four, which is afraid, um, I got a young man who basically said to me, that I don't know how to love. Like, I think I love my wife. Mm. We've been together for 17 years. We got three kids. 
but why don't I love her more? Like, he's like, I don't know how to love her, you know? And so, like you just said, even being self-aware doesn't mean that you increase your capacity to love her. Right. Right. And that just, I mean, you know, totally off subject, but just was watching uh, uh, Kenya Moore on Real Housewives of Atlanta mm-hmm. and how she just talked about all of the red signs that you just totally ignore, you know, because she's in, in the process of divorce or whatever. But, um, you know, and I think we all can attest to that. You you just right. decide, oh, that's not a big deal. Oh, I, but I'm so in love. Oh, I just ignore these things. And then you, you know, hindsight recognize, okay, that was a huge flag. Yep. Um, and we, it, it's funny you say that because we just covered that about how, you know, you just ignore it and you just look over it and you really don't know your deal breakers. That's what we said earlier. You really don't even know your deal breakers exactly. until you actually get married and get into it. So that's this week's show. Make sure you take your love capacity quiz on lovecapacity.com. Um, a hotline to call your number and tell your story is 214-744-3685. And uh, call, take a quiz, call, get a little information about yourself. Try not to make it as long. Try to make it a little bit shorter. If, you can. if you're not comfortable, you can use a fake name, fake city, whatever. But just give us a brief summary of your relationship history. Low Capacity Quiz podcast is available on all podcast platforms. Thanks for listening. Bye, y'all. You have been rocking with the Love Capacity Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can be automatically alerted when a new podcast is uploaded. Thanks for listening.